So as we continue to look through our, our weeks of Advent and which are our, the themes, right, of, of um, love and peace, right, and, and as, as we're looking at all of these each week, this week we are um, moving on to, uh, this is the week of joy. And with each week this year, we've looked at a kind of a different aspect or, or character of the Christmas story and seeing how their stories interact with, with the theme of the week. Um, the, this morning, we are starting and uh, looking at the, the, the role of Joseph, right, and, and his role within the Christmas story. Now, Joseph is one of those characters that is kind of the standard. We know he's there, and yet he doesn't get a lot of press, right? In fact, there's not a lot of scriptures that even talk about Joseph. And, and you know, one of the interesting things in the, just even the gospel records of Jesus' life is Joseph disappears out of the gospels. Um, in fact, the last time we see Joseph is um, the one story we have of Jesus' childhood when he was 12, and they went to Jerusalem to the temple, and, and he stayed behind and gave his parents a heart attack, right, when they couldn't find him. I mean, that's, but that's the last time we see Joseph in, in the gospel record, right? And yet we, we know that he is a part of, um, again, the Christmas story, obviously. Um, and, and so as we, as we look at that today, I just want to think about this idea of joy, right, and the, the theme of, of joy and, and exactly what that is. In fact, we, see, um, we saw last week as we looked at the declaration of the angels to the shepherds, we see um, you know, their announcement in Luke chapter 2. In okay, Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, the angel says, Don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, lest them, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And notice again, the angel says right, that, um, that this is good news. Right? In fact, that's a, the little translation of the gospel, right, is good news, right? That the coming of Jesus is good news for all of us. And he says that this news, again, will bring great joy. Not just to Mary and Joseph, not just to the shepherds or to those that were there that night or, or interacted with the story throughout the coming years, but, but for all people, guess what? That includes us. Right? Jesus can bring joy into our lives. And when we think about this idea of joy, again, the, the word that's used here um, is translated as a calm delight, exceeding gladness, or joy. Right? And oftentimes when you think of joy, it's a concept that I think is sometimes lost because when we think of joy, we just kind of think, oh yeah, I'm happy, I'm, I'm joyful. Right? But, but even when we look at that definition, joy is way deeper than just happiness. In fact, you know, I, I, we hear that a lot in our culture, don't we? I, I just want to be happy. Right? I just want you to be happy. See, but the problem with, I mean, happiness itself is it's very circumstantial. Right? Is it something that comes and goes, right? If things are going good, I'm happy. If they're bad, I'm not. Right? And happiness is very circumstantial. Joy is much deeper than happiness because joy the, the joy that's described here by the angel, the joy that Jesus can bring into our lives, is not circumstantial. In fact, joy is something that we can have amidst our circumstances. Right? Joy is more of a character trait. It's something that goes much deeper. Right? It's, just as the definition says, it's a calm delight or an exceeding gladness. It is not based on what's happening around us or our relationships. Right? It is, it, it's 
it's almost just a, a state of your character. Right? And that is what Jesus can bring into our lives. And so as we, as we look at, again, Joseph's role in the, that, the Christmas story, and we're going to look at, at, his, um, at what verses does describe Joseph's role in Matthew chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to open with me to Matthew 1. If you're here with us in person, don't have your own Bibles. Our Bibles provided for you in the seats. You're welcome to use. You can grab those, and you can notice the, the page numbers included there on where you can find this passage in those Bibles. Um, but we're going to look at Matthew chapter 1. Um, and this is, again, G, uh, Joseph's part of the story, which is verses um, 18 through 25. So just, again, you can leave your Bible open. We're going to kind of interact with the text a little bit this morning. But we're going to start with just the two, first two verses, verses 18 and 19. So Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18. It says, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Okay, and again, I just want to pause there after those first two verses because we see here that this is where Joseph enters the story, right? And as we started a few weeks ago, we looked at Mary, and we see, again, the angel comes to her, and then she goes away to, to visit Elizabeth for a while, and then she ends up going back to Nazareth, and then she faces Joseph, right, with, with what, what's going on. And, and when, again, when she faces Joseph, they, with, and at this point, she's about three months along, right? She can't hide it anymore, right? And, and she faced Joseph, and that first interaction with Joseph, we can infer, did not go well. Okay, in fact, when Joseph enters the story, okay, he was not experiencing joy. And he, he has his fiancée, right? He's committed to marry. They're, they're starting their life together. And she goes away to visit relatives for three months. And she comes back pregnant. Now, again, in this moment, right, Joseph and Mary really are kind of the only people that probably really know, right, whether this is Joseph's baby. Right? Because we all know, right, people talk. Right? People fill in holes they don't know, right? And, and the, the rumor mill, I'm sure, was running, right? And, and you can imagine, again, Joseph, again, he has a decision to make, right? Because if he takes her as his wife, then every, we know the assumption everybody makes, right? But yet, um, he also has a decision because if he doesn't take her as his wife, then he's declaring that she has gone behind his back. And remember, Mary and Joseph, they were both very devout Jewish people. In fact, that's part of why Jesus, or why they were picked, right, by God to, to be the mother and father of, of Jesus, was because of their, their commitment, right, to God and to, to their faith. And, and yet, Joseph's decision, so again, first Joseph's like, well, do I just, do I accept this and just let the rumor fly and and take all the responsibility that comes with that? Or do I not? Now, according to Jewish law, if he doesn't, right, if he declares this is not my baby, I want nothing to do with this, right, then, then the, the, again, the natural assumption is that she's committed adultery. Right? Now, according to Jewish law, if he declares that about Mary, 
right? If he, again, defends his own integrity and says, nope, not mine, right, then according to the Jewish law, she will be stoned. And so Joseph has a hard decision to make. Right? And that's a part where we start to see Joseph's character, right? Because notice it says that he's not sending her off to be, to be executed, right? But he decides, I will just divorce her quietly. Right? And so he decides to give her grace, right, in this moment, but as well as, you know, break it off. He, so he was not experiencing joy. In fact, he was experiencing some very hard decisions, and I think regardless of the decisions, we can assume, right, that Joseph felt very betrayed by Mary. And he was probably very mad at her. <laughs> and probably even in the midst of that, he was probably pretty mad at God. Right? Again, we, we can step into Joseph's life in that moment, right? It's like, God, I've done, I've done everything right, right? I, I've gone through, I've done everything the way that I'm supposed to. And, and I've, I've found, you know, this girl and we're committed and to you and to her. And, and then this happens, right? We can, we've all been in that moment, haven't we? Right? When we get that curveball of life, right? And we're blindsided. Right? And that's where Joseph was. And then we see the story continues, right, when an angel shows up, right? Joseph's already decided this is the route I'm going to go, and then then this angel shows up, picking up at verse 20, where it says, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So as Joseph, again, is trying to figure out, navigate his way out of this predicament he finds himself in, right, that he did not invite, right, and, and which is this curveball of life, and then this angel shows up. And in the midst of this dream, as this angel speaks to him through this vision and this dream, we see, um, we see God transform uh, Joseph's perspective. God transforms Joseph's perspective through revealing his will. Again, Joseph is he's at this, this huge crossroads of life, and, and we see, again, the angel shows up with this message from God. Right now, can, can you imagine Joseph waking up from this dream, right, and trying to process through everything of, of, okay, did that really happen, right, what did I hear, right, maybe I need to write this down, right, kind of figure this out, right, as, we, as he's processing through this, you can imagine, again, Joseph was a dedicated Jewish man, okay, he knew the prophets, he knew the scriptures, right, he'd heard them before, there's probably in that moment as he's playing this back over through his mind and his heart about what the angel told him, there's probably this moment when he's like, hey, I think I've heard that, that before, I think I've read that before, right, we've all kind of had that, those times, right, you hear something, and you're like, I, I know I've read that before, okay, and in the midst of what the angel had told him, again, in the message, the angel literally quotes Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Okay, where that scripture says the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. 
And you can imagine Joseph in this moment, he's processing, he's like, I know I've read that before. And, you know, maybe he probably runs, you know, figures that out and figures out that it's Isaiah, right? That they quoted that. And then there's that moment, that weight that even probably comes onto Joseph wondering, could that verse, could that prophecy that had been written hundreds of years before this time, could that really be talking about me and my situation? Again, that, that moment when he's like, that, no, that's that, no. That couldn't be about me. That couldn't be about Mary. Could it really? Right, he starts to bounce around in his mind and in his heart. And again, we, we see again as God even just ministers to him and starts to transform his mind and his heart and be like, Joseph, that is about this situation. Right? You have been chosen. Now notice, again, the angel told Mary, you were chosen by God, right? Notice it wasn't the same message to Joseph. It was a little more vague. <laughs> right? And he's, as he's processing and wondering, he's like, wow, could this really be about me? Did God really choose me to fulfill this prophecy and, and to fulfill this role that is needed for as an earthly father for, for not just a child, but for the Messiah? Was God really talking about me? Again, we can all identify, can't we? I mean, we read scriptures even today, even about the gospel message, about how much God loves us, about how he wants to save us, about the mission of the Messiah and, and how Jesus grew up, right, to live a sinless life, to die, to rise again, right, to, to provide a way for us. I mean, we can read scriptures and have that same reaction. Does that really, for me, in one of the core scriptures, right, of our faith, of the gospel message, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's the gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. None of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. And he's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. Right, again, we can read scriptures like that and sit back and be like, that's great, but that doesn't, that's not for me. Yes, it is. It, that is for you. God had you in mind when he, when he did that. Right? God loves you so much that he sent his son to, to live, to die, to rise again so that you can be saved. And you get that when you can be saved by grace when you believe. That scripture is about you. You are God's masterpiece. He has created you anew in Christ so that you can do the good things he's planned for you. Right? You, again, this journey starts with receiving Christ as your Savior, realizing they, this verse and others like it are about me. God loves me that much. Right? And then I, I can believe and I can receive Christ as my Savior and I can join the journey of faith. Right? That's how we're made new in Christ is by inviting him into our life for the first time. By saying, God, forgive my sins, wash me clean and, and enter my life. Right? And then we start on this new journey, this, this transformation process. Right? Similar to the one that Joseph goes down right, by God to be, have our mind and our hearts transformed right? to do what God has created us to do. Because you're his masterpiece. And, and just like Joseph, we can sit back and be like, God, really? And God's like, yes. That is about you. 
I did choose you. I love you that much. Hey, again, we have this, this idea, right, of like, am I really worthy of that? <laughs> I don't deserve that. And God's like, you're right, you don't deserve it, but I'm giving it to you anyways. Because you're saved by grace. And you are worthy of his calling. And, and as we see God transform Joseph's perspective, Right? And then we see how much God truly transformed Joseph's perspective and transformed his heart because we see what he does, right? The very next verse in this Matthew passage, Matthew 1, 24, A, right? The beginning part of this verse, it says, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. Right? He, I mean, all this is happening in his mind and his heart. And he's like, wow, like, it is, and, and, and Joseph did it. Again, what did the angel tell him to do? He says, it's take Mary as your wife. It's okay. Right? She didn't betray you. <laughs> right? Nobody's going to believe it, but still, I mean, it's okay. Because <laughs> right? it doesn't matter what people say or what people think. It, God is telling him, this is righteous. Right? And he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. I mean, now, as we see this action, right, verse 24 is literally the opposite of Joseph's intentions in verse 19. I mean, and look at how far Joseph comes, right, in the, in the matter of three verses. It's pretty incredible. Right? How is he be able to transform that far, that far? Well, it's because of God's spirit. Right? And, and he wakes up in the dream, and he literally does exactly the opposite of what he had intended to do, right? And he takes Mary as his wife. And and we see this again. He went from this idea, this place, right, of entering the story where he was literally having the opposite experience of joy, right? And then he ends up where he's at this place where he finds joy in God. And again, why? how do I say that? Well, because the reality is there is no greater joy in this life than fulfilling God's will for you. Nothing will fulfill your heart and your soul, right, better than doing what God made you to do and walking with him in a relationship, right? And because the, the, every, the will of God for your life, it, for all of us, starts with you receiving Christ as your Savior and you joining the journey of faith, right? And God's Spirit transforming your heart and your mind, right? And then the more that you live into God's will for you, the more you will find joy, the more it will be fulfilling, right? The more that you find your meaning in life, right? And again, that... Again, it's not circumstantial at all, right? It's based on God's presence and his Holy Spirit in your life and, and you following through with what he tells you to do. That's how you find true joy, right? And true fulfillment, lasting fulfillment, right? Not, like so many things in this world, right? They bring, they bring momentary happiness. But it leaves as fast as it comes, doesn't it? Right, joy is something that Again, it is not circumstantial. Right? As we think about this, this, this joy, again, that Joseph would have found right, by fulfilling his role, I want to just take a, a minute and just watch this, this little video portrayal of Joseph on, at the manger. Don't worry, my boy. You will be nice and warm. I wrapped you in your mother's old blanket. Some start we've had, huh? 
A 90 mile walk, just so you could get born in a stable. <laughs> you know, if we were back home in Nazareth, oh, I could build you a fine crib. But here, no crib. I have to put you to sleep in the hay. Visit from an angel. Mm -hmm. I had to write it down so I wouldn't forget what it said. Joseph, son of David, fear not to take Mary for your wife. For what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will save the people from their sins. Did you hear that? You will save us from our sins. You will be, you are the Messiah. And I've been chosen to be the Messiah's papa. I do not know how it will happen, but I'm, I'm done doubting. I want to tell you how happy that you make me. No, it's more than happiness. It's, what did the shepherds say the angels told them? Oh, they, they bring Good news. Great joy. Yes. That's what it is. It's joy. That's what you bring. My sweet, beautiful boy. You bring me so so much joy. So as Joseph embraces being the earthly papa of the Messiah, right, he finds so much joy in fulfilling that role. And the reality is you can find that same joy by fulfilling God's will for you. As you live out your faith and do what God tells you to do. Now, I know, I know, I have the same thought as you, right? Yeah, if an angel will just come to me and tell me, then I'll just do it. Right? Joseph had it easy, right? I mean, it's, again, he, he knew his role, right? I mean, he literally came and told him what his role was, but, but that role was not easy. Right? But I think as we think about that, like, Scripture also tells us, though, how we can know God's will for us in that in, as emphatic of a way. In Romans 12, 2, it says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
and then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Right, and so the way we, you learn what God's will is for you and for your life, right, and what your role is within God's plan, the way you learn is by first joining the journey of faith, receiving him as your savior. That's the first step of God's will for you, okay, is to be, to be saved, be in a restored relationship with God, right, and to start that transformation process of, to join the journey of faith. And then you continue to grow in your faith, right, in the midst of that journey every day. And you do that by not copying the behavior customs of the world and by letting God transform you into a new person. Right, and that's an ongoing process, right? That's a decision we make every day and saying, no, I'm going to live my faith today. I'm going to be more like Christ today than I was yesterday. Right, and we, we keep working our way, right, as God reveals new things and he just keeps transforming our hearts and our minds to be more and more like Christ every day. He says, then you will know God's will for you. Right? And God's will is good and pleasing and perfect. Again, that is what will bring joy to your life. Because there's no greater joy than living God's will for you. Right? And fulfilling that. That's what the faith journey is all about. Again, it's not an easy journey, but it can be one that is filled with joy. Again, Joseph did not have an easy road. But he did find joy. In fact, as we, we look at these last few verses of, of our, our text this morning, Matthew chapter 1, okay, we see some ways that Joseph found joy, right, as he lived out God's will for him. First, we learn that joy can be found when it feels like the world is against you. Okay, joy can be found when you feel like the world is against you. We see in Matthew, again, 124, the last part of that verse, uh, of 24, it says that, and that Joseph took Mary as his wife. Again, and by doing so, right, he put his own reputation on the line and the rumor mill started, we can all imagine, right? And, and I'm sure there were moments, right, where Joseph felt like the world was against him. In fact, if you continue through the story, right, of, in fact, the, the, the Christmas story as we go where the, the wise men show up and then they get carted off to Egypt, right, and then, and then they finally end up back in Nazareth, right, um, somewhere between three and four years after Jesus was born. Again, it doesn't give us an exact timeline in the, in the text, but again, the, 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 the full Christmas story takes that long, right, and those were hard years, you can imagine, those were hard years. And yet he took Mary as his wife. And, and even at that point, imagine getting, showing back up in Nazareth, right? When everybody knew the story before they left, right? And they show up years later with this baby. Right? But joy can be found when it feels like the world is against you. There was shame and ridicule that came with Joseph taking Mary as his wife. Okay? And, and, but yet we see these these. Glimpses of joy all throughout scripture. It went in, in the, the end of the Old Testament, one of the minor prophet book called Habakkuk. It says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in the God of my salvation and the sovereign Lord is my strength. <laughs> when everything in the world is going not going your way, you can still find joy in the God of your salvation. 
Okay, the next thing we see from Joseph, right, as he lives out God's plan, is that joy can be found by trusting God's plan. As we see in the first part of verse 25, right, it says that, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. That was not an easy task. He's in those moments, right, when even down to the finest details, he's like, but God, I trust you. I will, I will live out your plan exactly as you tell me to do it. Right? And he trusted God in those moments, even when it didn't even make sense. Right? And yet he did. And he found joy by trusting God's plan. Again, in 1 Peter chapter 1, we, it tells us, you love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Right? You can find joy by trusting God, right? putting your faith in something that, again, that definition of faith is something I cannot see. Right? We can find joy in that by trusting God's plan. Again, even through those hard years, right? through those hard times when, it, when it, we're tempted to take the easier road. And lastly, the last thing we learn from Joseph is that we can, joy can be found when we are obedient and follow through. Okay, when we follow through with, God, with what God tells us to do. Okay, we see in verse, the last part of 25, the last part of our text today, and it says, and Joseph named him Jesus. Again, in the Jewish culture, it was the, the man's responsibility to name the child. Okay, notice that was something that, that the angel told Joseph to do, right? In fact, in it, he says, and you will name him Jesus. Okay, and, and Joseph follows through with that plan, right? It says he did, he when they showed up eight days later in the temple and they get there, that's where they named their baby. And Joseph says, his name is Jesus. And Joseph did. He followed through, right? He was obedient to it. Right? And we see again when he shows up, when they take Jesus to the temple in Luke chapter 2, they, eight days after his birth, and, and, and he, he names him Jesus. This is a very significant moment because it wasn't just about Joseph following through, but, just, but about Jesus being physically tied to the covenant of God that God started with Abraham right, at his circumcision as a part of that, that entire routine and, and you know, ceremony. Right? And yet this is the same covenant that Jesus himself, this Christ child, would fulfill and start the new covenant of grace with his life, with his death, and with his resurrection. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, it says, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, at what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. Again, they are sticking to God's role for them, even when things are terrible. They are being obedient, right? And they're finding joy, right? And and in fact, it's abundant joy, right? And their, their generosity continues to overflow. And, and again, we see, right, that, that when we are obedient and when we follow through, we truly can find joy. Again, I don't know where you're at in your faith journey today. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you're listening. Maybe you've, you've never heard the biblical Christmas story before. Maybe you've heard it, but you've never received Christ as your Savior. If you've never joined the journey of faith and invited Christ into your life, I hope that you will start that journey today. All right, that's the first step of living God's will for you, and that's the first step towards finding true joy. If you have received Christ 
as your Savior? Are you moving forward in your faith journey? Are you following through with God's will? If you don't know God's will, then start with what Scripture tells us to do, and that's just to start investing in your faith and learning about God and, 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 and you know, being obedient to just, to just learning and, and growing and being open to God's Spirit and, and, and then follow through, right? Once you know God's will, you follow through. I encourage you today to take a step forward in your journey, wherever you're at, which leads you to my final thought today, and that is this. Joy found in God is far more valuable than happiness or worldly success. Are you embracing God's will and fulfilling your role in his plan to save the world? Because that is God's plan, to save the world. He loved the world so much he sent his son. All right, what is the next step in your journey and the next step in God's plan? And what is your role in his plan? We all, every believer has a role in God's plan. Are you fulfilling that will? God, we thank you. God, for your plan to save the world. Lord, for the incredible gift of the Christ child, God, to, to, to live, to die, to be raised again so that we can be saved, to step in our place and to pay our price for our sin. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for that. Lord, and we also praise you, God, that we can have true abundant joy in our lives and walking with you every day. Lord, as we go from here, I pray, Lord, that we would truly live our faith this week. Lord, that we would shine your light in this dark world. Lord, as we move forward in our faith and help others to do the same, to learn who you are, to receive you, God, that we will fulfill our role as your church to save this world. We thank you for the Christ child. We thank you for your plan of grace and of mercy and of salvation. We thank you, God, for, for making us your masterpiece and for giving us a purpose in life and something to fulfill every day. Lord, as we go this week, we know your spirit is with us and you are going with us. And God, we will be obedient. We will follow through and we will shine your light every chance we get. We praise you and thank you today. Guide us as we go. In Jesus, Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen.